We are back again for episode two of the Logan Fano show. Let's is go. It, I got asked. So is it Fano or like Fano? Like where do you? No, you said it right. You said it right the first time. You said it right the first time. Fano, like yep, the, Fano. the accents at the front. Yeah, you can never be too sure, especially like you know. It's I just yeah. gotta try try to make sure we get it right. But yep. we're back in. It's you have been. Well, you guys have had some team meetings the last couple of weeks, but then I think you've been helping out, like you've been working sports camps, right? So are you yep. on field? Like, are you guys allowed to like help coach now since like with like NL and stuff, or are you just doing being a counselor? Yeah, just helping coach. Basically all we're doing is just being out there with the players and helping them out with the technique and all that good stuff. So what age groups have you been primarily working with? Like, I've been they- with the ninth and 10th graders, but... This so last week I was with the ninth and tenth graders, but this week I've been mostly with the, the upperclassmen. Okay. So any the, the guys that I'm I don't know. I know coaches aren't allowed to talk about recruits till they officially yeah. sign. You might be able to. I don't know. But so basically you're trying to you're trying to schmooze up some guys, you know, and try to you're yeah. trying to convince them to come join. Yep. I am I'm, I'm looking for for some dudes, man. People to come join me on the D-line and, and get after the quarterback. So I guess what have you seen? Is there anyone that like totally surprised you um not really not gonna lie not really i'm still looking for somebody <laughs> to, to pop <laughs> if i'm being honest so if we see anybody tweet out that they got an offer from yeah e or preston hadley then we're gonna there's there's i'd say there's two guys that i've seen i take back what i said there's two guys that i saw today that were pretty good that had good size and measurables. They just kind of a little raw, but no, they can do the job. I think it just just need to be coached up a little bit, but yeah. I got a question. It's for hard you. for me. It's hard for me because for me, when I was in high school, I felt like at the line, D line and O line, there was just so many dudes, right? Like there was Jackson Light, that class obviously Kingsley, me, Voy Tunufi, who's at Washington. Um, we just had a ton of guys, so I feel like it's just. I remember, like, like John Henry was like John Henry. I, I, I can't believe know, I forgot to say his he, name. I don't even think he was top ten, which is crazy because the dude's yeah. for real. Yeah, but I don't, we, he was like number ten in the state that year. Let me pull yeah. up first. So this is twenty twenty one. Yeah, so we had mm-hmm. uh, Kingsley in the state of Utah. I was like Kingsley Jackson Dart, uh, Jackson Powers Johnson. Who that's Jackson Light, right? Changes. Name uh, Jeffrey Bassa from Kearns went to Oregon. Then you had Logan, Voys at Washington, Isaac Vaho, son of Utah. Then you had Raider and John Henry. Daily had like Branson Yeager. I mean, he, I think he transferred, yep. but it's like he signed with Nebraska, right? That's not nothing. Yeah. He's, he's there. And then you had like Omarion Famoy, who's mm-hmm. at Oregon, Oregon State. State. Then you have, uh, like, Billy Pua and Michael Mokofisi both signed with Michael. Utah. Yep. Like we just had so many guys in our class, so it's kind of it's it's weird for me to, and even like those are the guys that are known. But if you go to these things, there's guys that people don't know about unless you're like in the, the circuit and you're around them all the time. But I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's definitely interesting to see. So here's my question I got for you. So it's been a couple of weeks since we did our first show. Last week you had team stuff going on. That's great. Yep. Garrett had work. I was ready to roll, but you two let me down. <laughs> But two weeks ago, I was out of town and you were out of town. Now, here's the thing, Logan. You told me you were in California. And I was like, oh, yeah, go enjoy California. That sounds fun. 
What I yep. didn't know is that you were going to California and taking Spencer to like USC, UCLA. <laughs> what Listen, the I, hell I, is I, up with that? I, I didn't go on any of those trips. I made it. I made it a point not to go with him on, on any of those trips. Dude, you're supposed to be like our inside connection to get him to Provo. <laughs> you can't be like enabling him to go see these other no. schools. I mean, we'll see if he even wants to go back out there. Personally, me, I'm not a big fan of California. I'm Ugh. definitely a Utah boy. I'd rather be here, and I just feel like it's a lot more peaceful here in Utah. So yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure he feels that same way. Well, that's good. And I guess then we can't hold it against you too much. If you if you took him out there and he saw, like, no, this ain't it, then I guess that's it. <laughs> hey, hey, I promise, I promise, I didn't go on any of the trips. Yeah, well. I just stayed home. You, we need you to go on those trips so, so you can talk crap. Like, we need you to go on those trips so you can be like, oh, I mean, I guess this that's is okay, it? but what we have that's is better. It? Yeah, like, that's it? Like, mm, yeah. I mean, I guess that's fine. Uh, so recruiting's a big thing right now. I can't remember. Well, I guess you didn't get to go on any, like, real visits, right? Because COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. So, for me, like, so I've been covering recruiting now forever. Like, I don't know how long, for a mm-hmm. while. I'm still not used to the summer official visits. Like, I think it's weird that it's there's officials in June. And yeah. it's like, it's a big deal. Like, everybody's taking their officials right now. And it's, it's really strange for me. But it's going on a lot. Bunch of official visits. BYU's had a couple. They got another kid coming in this week. Four-star offensive lineman, uh, Simeone Pale out of California. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of four-star guys here a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And, and recruiting is like the, the topic du jour, right? Like everybody yep. was he's talking about recruiting. So here's the question. I, I've got – it varies for everybody, right? Like everybody has their own thing. But, Logan, when you're going through the recruiting process, I think fans – like we look at things like facilities – and we look at the, like, oh yeah, like Oregon's facilities are dope. So Oregon, obviously they're going to like take over. Right. Or yeah. if somebody says, Hey, BYU's facilities aren't great. Like fans, like we take that personal, right? Like, man, yeah. we're not going to be able to land the next guy. Mm-hmm. How much of a matter, like how much of a role does facilities really matter? Like, obviously it's different mm-hmm. for everybody, but generally speaking, yeah. does that really matter for a football player? I think it all depends on where you're from. Um, <laughs> how you were raised. And I think for me, no, I obviously had a pretty, pretty good life growing up. So I didn't have to worry about those kind of things, but I definitely think it depends on how you were raised, where you come from. Um, For me, again, I was, I'm just super grateful to have anything or even have the chance to play football. So um, having the chance to, to choose a school, I, I'm thinking back to when I was going through recruiting, I honestly could care less about the facilities because I thought when you got to the game, you got to Saturdays, everybody was big, everybody was strong. Mm-hmm. So it, I didn't really, I didn't really care about any of the, the facilities, but I can see why guys do and why they, they let that play a part of their, their decision-making. So I, th- I think for the facilities, it's probably like more of like in the new locker room right in the sab mm-hmm. like you guys have like there's a barber chair in there right yeah. and you have like the ping pong mm-hmm. tables and, like the foosball you got a couple xboxes like i yeah. think it's more of like the lifestyle PlayStation's, facilities. There, 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 there. they're playstations PlayStation's in there okay. playstation um but it's Let's like <laughs> right like like what you said though it's like 
a plate is a plate. It weighs 45 pounds at every single weight room in the country. Yep. So the bar's 45, the 25 still weigh 25 pounds, whatever. Yep. Um, the same thing remains. You got to go lift it. Right. And so yep. I think it's probably more of like the, this is the lifestyle, right. That, that we're going to offer yep. you of like hanging yep. out. But I think it's interesting as fans. And I think fans probably when they see facilities, like I honestly kind of wish that sometimes that more kids would complain about facilities uh, yeah. in recruiting because like fans kind of feel like, oh, like, oh, this is something that I can control. Like I can, can call up the Cougar club, yeah. whatever, call in and say like, Hey, Tom, I'm going to send over a donation. I want it to go into the facilities fund. Let's get the boys a new locker room, yeah. whatever. And so I think yeah. it's like fans feel like they can be more involved that way. So that's why fans get worked up about it. Yeah. I can understand I that. For I don't sure. know what it is. I, I, I get what you're saying, right? Like the lifestyle, but like, I've talked to a lot of kids, like a ton I've never heard anybody say, that, oh, well, I was like 50-50 with, you know, Oregon and some other school, but like they had that extra ping pong table though. So I was in, you know, yeah. like it yeah. just doesn't seem like it really matters that much. So, mm-hmm. so what, what was it that really mattered the most to you? For me, it was the fit. Like I had been on all these, I'd seen all these schools. I talked to all these, I talked to all these coaches. What, what really helped me make my decision was when I forgot who it was, but they said, all right, Saturday's Saturday's going to be Saturday, right? You're going to have your games, all of it, right? Like everything that Saturday includes Saturday is going to be Saturday, but you got to worry about the other six days of the week. Right. And so wherever you're at, you got to be able to fit in or have a group of people around you that, you know, you can live with and be around for the other six days of the week. So for me, So when you say fit, you're talking like fit in the university, not like in the scheme or whatever. No, 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 no. Talking about how you can fit socially, spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I'm not a, I'm not a big partier. I'm not a, you know, he talked about that lifestyle. I'm not about that lifestyle. Uh, I'm definitely just a chill, watch my anime, cruise, play football kind of guy. So uh, football. Football at BYU is what I want it to be. And then the the other six days of the week are what I want it to be as well. So how did, I mean, this happened a while ago. We should have had you on like two years ago to talk about this. But <laughs> how did BYU like pitch that to you, right? Like, so how did they, mm-hmm. how does BYU, because BYU is unique. BYU is different, right? Like their, their mm-hmm. campus environment is, is different. So yep. how do they go about like showing you that, what the differences are and like that it's still fun, right? Like it's still yeah. cool. not just like you're sitting in, you know, pre-scorum six days a week, right? It's more than that. Yeah. So how oh, yeah. do they know to show like their differences and that it's, that it's a good place to be? So when you asked that question, I thought about when I had first talked to coach Kalani, when I was, you know, just a wee little eighth you're grader. Like 12. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he had told me, you know, he was like, you're going to be a fit here. You're a fit at BYU. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I could I could fit anywhere, right? But as I got older and as I got a little bit more intelligent, I started to see that, all right, he he knows how I was raised, yeah. how I was brought up, and he knows what goes on in other places. And he had my back in telling me that, all right, if you come to BYU, you're going to be surrounded by good people that have the same goals as you, want to be on the same path as you. So, um yeah, that's that's how it went. Transparent about it. They just, hey, look, we know what you're raised like. We know where you want to go, and and here it is. This is what we are. Yeah. So and then you I, just gotta trust them. Just gotta trust them that they know what they're talking about. And I did, and things are going pretty well. 
So I know you, it kind of seemed, it kind of came down as like between BYU and Utah. Like it always kind of seemed like you were Utah ball, you wanted to stay in state. Um, When you, and obviously the staff at Utah and at Utah State, and even I know you had an offer from Virginia, like all the staffs with very, you know, a lot of LDS coaches, you know, they're familiar kind of with that kind of the lifestyle, right? That fit and, um, and, you know, that fit. And then also, you know, dealing with a mission. So as you talk to some other programs, like, you know, you had offers from Michigan, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Washington, Wisconsin, like, as you talk to those coaching staffs, what did they tell you when it came to like, how are you going to fit in as an LDS kid? Like, is that something they didn't even address or did they try to address it at least? Like, I know, um, what's his face who's the kid from Colorado who signed originally with Virginia and now he's going to Michigan like Jim Harbaugh he, he was on, on his mission is that the one yeah like Jim Harbaugh showed up to Sacramento meeting to meet him you know it's like you know at least like yeah. Harbaugh like he, he tried to like say like hey this is an LDS kid I'm gonna like go try to understand whatever you know that's good right and so it's like did a lot of them even try or they were just like nah we're gonna talk to him about football and if he doesn't want this then that's probably yeah. you know not a fit or kind of how did that work being in that situation? Well, the coaches are definitely sensitive about it and they understand. Like one of the first questions I got asked when I got recruited, which probably stopped me from getting, I was told stopped me from getting a couple other looks from other schools was, you know, are you going on a mission, right? And as soon as I said, yes, the coach was like, all right, that's great. That's great. That's great for you. But you know, this isn't the place for you. Um, but those other schools, they asked the same question. Are you going on a mission? Said yes. And they were all in. They were like, all right. You know, we're going to get you back in two years. We'll move your scholarship to 2023. Uh, then they also talk about, you know, where their their institute, where chapels are, and they try to figure out when sacrament meetings would be. Uh, so it's nice. It's nice. They do their they do their best, but it's nothing like BYU, obviously. Okay. Logan, I got one more, and then we can move on from recruiting a little bit. But they say never to burn a bridge, but I might be asking you to burn a bridge a little bit. <laughs> How? Okay. <laughs> Two-part question. One, did you ever seriously consider Virginia? No. <laughs> no, not for even like a second, right? Not no, I did it. Not, not going to lie. I did not. <laughs> okay, and two, did you not consider Virginia because it was in Virginia or because Broncos goofy as hell? It was because it was all the way in Virginia. Oh, I, actually, I actually really like no it all. When I talked to him and got to know him a little bit, I enjoyed, I enjoyed talking to him. But yeah, there's no I way I can live. There. There's no way I can live out there. I don't know if I believe that he's. I never have talked to Bronco. I yeah. never got to. I wrote some stuff that I know Bronco saw, and so Bronco, Bronco, I don't didn't like me, and so like yeah. we had to think, but we never actually talked. And uh, he just seems goofy, man. But like you're saying, yeah. you talked with him, and he's not that goofy. Nah, he was a good guy. We had some good good conversations. So I talked to him and Coach Pop. Oh, my, okay. Yeah, K-pop is he's a good dude. Like he's yeah. he's for real. But I just Bronco, man. My, I don't know. When I when Bronco first went to Virginia, and maybe this would be like this, even if he had stayed there longer than he did. My like thing was like his kind of goofiness or whatever. I thought it would work best at BYU because it's like when you have those like most LDS kids who like you grew up going to Mutra on Wednesday nights or whatever, to me it was kind of like yeah. He was kind of like the goofy teacher's corner advisor where you're like, I would probably never hang out with this dude and like 
quote unquote, like be his friends if we were the same age. Cause he's just kind of a weird dude, but mm-hmm. understand that he's a good guy. And like, you know, I'll like listen to whatever. I'm not going to like be rude to what Like he, he was just yeah. kind of like the goofy, like kind of quorky pre-scorm advisor. That yeah. it's like, if well, you grew up with like, someone like that, he didn't mean that, that's true. That but Another guy who's a lot like that was actually Coach Harbaugh. He's, oh, I could totally see that. But, but their their mind and the way they see the game, it's to me that's what that's what I I valued. Have you ever seen the video of Harbaugh when he was on the Judge Judy show? Like he was in the audience and he's like, like every he's no. so excited. It's no. one of the funniest things. I have to find it and send it to you. I haven't uh, seen it. Logan, you saw Top Gun this week. Oh yeah, I sure did. I, I saw sure Top Gun this week. Garrett, have you seen Top Gun? No, I'm going tomorrow night to see it. I mean, I don't know that I would say spoiler alert. We're not going to get into spoilers, and I don't really know what you can spoil. Like, if you yeah, you could probably predict what's going to happen in the show. No, you're not, right. not probably. You could definitely predict. Oh, what right. It's happen. like there's going to be some big catastrophic thing, and then somehow they're going to blow stuff up, shoot a couple of planes down, and save the day. Right. Like it's pretty much. Yeah. There you go. There you yeah, go. You've, you've already seen the movie. If you've seen the first one, you've seen the second one. But it's still cool. It's still good. Go see it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Don't get me wrong. It's a great movie. I recommend watching it. It's a good summer movie. But people saying it's a top five movie of all time. I say, hey, not let's, even close, let's press right? the brakes a little bit. Yeah. People, I, people are Dude, talking I, about top five. I went in with like otherworldly expectations because people have been telling me that this is, yeah, like top five. Like somebody said it was as good as Saving Private Ryan. And I was like, no, that's, oh, are that's you a, kidding me? That's a bold statement. It's not even close. It's not even in the same like conversation as Saving Private Ryan. Oh. And so I, oh. I went in expecting something who like Who said that? that? Wait, wait, who said that? There was a dude that I work with and he was like, oh, oh. you're going to love it. It's great. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Like how great is it? Like, first top Whoa. gun great and he's like no it's like favorite movie saving private ryan i was like no it's not even close to that saving private ryan is one of my favorite movies i that's yeah. in my top five that's that's I make, crazy i make my wife watch saving private ryan every d-day so we just watched that yeah. like last week <laughs> i feel like you have to so that's what i went in expecting is like all time gonna win all the awards mm-hmm. and gonna be like a movie that lasts forever right like yep. 30 years from now, we're going to be talking about Top Gun 2. No. No, absolutely not. When the next, like, Liam Neeson movie comes out and he starts... Okay, I, right, right when you said that, I thought of, like, taking taking yeah. two... Like, right when you said that, that's what, I, that's what was going through my head. I think that's it, right? I'm just... I, people who I was with, my friends that I was with who had already seen it, they were, like, for lack of a better term, like moaning already when the beginning scene when the jet engines are on, they're already going nuts. I'm just like, huh? Like, what? And they're like, oh, it's about to happen. It's about to happen. Like, bro. I didn't get it. But, especially, I don't know. Like, if people just never seen like a plane, like a plane movie, is that yeah. what it is that we just don't get to see like plane fights? And so, like, it was cool mm-hmm. because. It really was just like the first one. It was the exact same yeah. plot, like almost the exact same movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was it's a good I movie. disappointed. It was a good movie. But like, say, yeah, it was a good movie. It's a great summer movie. Yeah. It, it, I I would watch it again, not of my own free will. Like if somebody's paying for me to go watch it, I'll go. That, that um, was what I said to my wife. I don't think that I'll go again. And I don't yeah. think like it's one of those like it's kind of like the Italian job. 
Like if it's on yeah. like Sunday afternoon and yeah, it's you'll on, just sit down and yeah, yeah. I'm going to love it. But like, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch Top Gun 2 again. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've seen some people who've said like, oh, I've seen it twice. I've seen it three times already. The, I think the only way I'd go again in the theaters is, I don't know what they're called everywhere, but like the D box seats that like move and stuff. Yeah. I'd probably do that because there's some crazy stuff in the show. So down down here in Phoenix, they have they used to be called Alamo Draft House, and then like the people who owned the locations in Phoenix like broke off into their thing. So it's called Majestic Theaters, mm-hmm. dude, and it is the best. So it's like they have the big recliner seats, except for mm-hmm. they're even bigger, and it's like they don't let kids into the theater except for matinees for certain movies. So you don't even have to worry about like some kid going in like just being loud whatever but it is a full service restaurant here it is anti-kid as well at the movies <laughs> when they're screaming and i'm trying to watch top gun yes like why are you bringing your seven-year-old to top gun um but the yeah it's like a full-on restaurant and so there's like a menu and you write your order down like you open a tab like you're at a bar you write your order down and just kind of put it on this thing and like the waiters come because like the rows are like this so they can like come and grab your order and then you'll go and it's like oh, i want a pizza or like a burger and fries whatever and they take it and then like five ten minutes later the person walks back and it's just like food just like they put it up on your table and it's like it's the best way to watch a movie Dang. i've been there and i didn't like it why didn't you like it well, one, what? I didn't like it because I can't remember what I ordered. It was like a sandwich or something that was like pretty messy. It's freaking dark. Like I can't see. And so like I'm spilling. Yeah. By the time yeah. the movie got over, I was I had like cheese all down my throat. Because <laughs> like I didn't even know. It was dark. So I didn't like that. And then I didn't think the food was that good. Maybe because I mean, it was all on my shirt, but I didn't think it was that yeah. good. I mean, they have since since they have changed it and bought out, they have changed the menu and it, it's good. It's not like the most amazing meal ever, but it's nice to be able to do the dinner and the movie at the same time. Right. Like it's more bang for your buck that way. Yeah. I see. Interesting. I, I, I'm interested in trying this out actually. They used I'm to have cool. one in Ogden. Well, and they kind of do like, I don't know, Logan, if you've ever been to like Brewbies. I think they have a Brewbies in Salt Lake still. It's kind of the same idea there. There's just more of a bar at Brewbies, but you don't like have to drink. It's the same. Yeah. You can order your food and watch the show. It's the same idea. And they had one up in Ogden that I can't remember what they called it, but it closed down because it it's hard to eat a mo- or it's hard to eat dinner in the dark. So people people didn't like it. I'm interested. I'm, I would be very interested in trying. I think it's a great idea. Like a, a so. Might have made Top Gun better. Uh, it might have made Top Gun a little bit better. All right, well, I want to change gears a little bit. This may be a little bit more serious. Logan, I don't know if you've seen this week. I, I assume you have because you're an avid reader of GiveEmHellBrigham.com and you've read everything we've ever published. Sure have. Uh, this, this week, really starting this week and over the next few weeks, I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit. But one thing that we're talking about a bunch is, is just mm-hmm. to kind of get us through the summer until the season starts, talking about times when football was more than just football, right? Like when football was more than a game. And, and there's been some really cool things. So we've had mm-hmm. listeners and readers and just fans or whatever just submitting us submissions. We've had, you know, people who have talked about how football helped repair and build their relationship with their dad right because they didn't have a good relationship but they could argue and yell at refs together on tv and that felt good right yeah people who have had like real trials in their life like you know 
cancer, like big yeah. thing where football helped them get through it. Um, is there a time in your life, and again, kind of putting you on the spot, mm-hmm. but can you think of a time when football meant more than just like, you know, gaining yards, scoring touchdowns, when football was more than just football? Oh, yeah. It's funny you brought up the the dad thing because that was definitely – that was definitely my upbringing, right? Um, my dad, I'm, I have the best dad in the world. I'll just say that now. I, I love my dad so much. He's done – everything he possibly can to give me everything he never had as a kid. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. But I, I mean, my dad, we talk about this. We're so open about this now that now I'm a little older and we can have this conversation, but you no, know, growing up, it was football was definitely my life, right? Football was everything. Um, I remember me and my, my, my siblings, we talk about this all the time too. When my dad would pull in to the driveway and get home from work you know as soon as five o'clock hits you know dad's about to come home right so i remember seeing the the reflection of his lights come across the, the wall inside of the house and as soon as i seen that i just knew the rest of my day was done right i was gonna be outside just slaving away and i was, I was gonna be grinding and that's how it was all growing up uh i felt like not felt like how it was growing up is if i didn't play well it felt like my dad didn't love me um it was it, it, honestly it was a hard time man it was it, it sucked you know, being a second grader all the way through second through all, all the way through eighth grade just feeling like your life completely depended on how well you performed um it was tough it was definitely hard but I had a, the conversation with my dad I finally after a camp you know I was uh, going to my senior year and I did good at a camp I did really well but my dad, you know, still being that mindset of like, all right, you could have done this and this and this better, but saying it a lot, you know, a lot more uh, passionately than I just did. <laughs> he, I just broke down. I was like, dad, dad, listen, I didn't even like football in the first place, right? I just did this because I wanted you to love me. I wanted you to, to be there for me. I don't mean to make this like a, a oh, yeah. sacrament meeting, <laughs> a testament meeting, but um, it was hard to have that conversation and be like, dad, like, I, I don't feel like I really love this, right? And I didn't mean that because I, obviously I do love it, but um, I did feel like all growing up, I did football and I played football to, to impress my dad and to gain his approval, which I feel like you can't really understand um, unless you've been in that situation. I know there's boys that, that I've talked to that have felt that same way, um, but I've been super blessed to have a dad that I could talk to and I could finally be open like that with and tell him, hey, I need to do this for me. And I, I, I'm, I'm grateful that you, that you've pushed me this far and that you've shown me what I can do and, and who I can be. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I need to want this so what, for myself. Yeah. So what's that like now? Right. Like, I mean, now obviously you play college ball, uh, and things have changed. Your dad is like an incredible person. Like your dad yeah. is awesome. funny story about your yeah. dad. Time. I think he was at a UVU basketball game. And yeah. I get this random message and he's like, Hey Jeff, good seats. And I'm like sitting in my bed at home. I, yeah. I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, well, I, well what's going on? And he takes <laughs> a picture and there's this dude who looks just like me. He was wearing, I think he's wearing like a Braves hat and everything. Like this dude could have been me. So he just takes a picture of this random dude, sends it to me. He's like, yeah, you're good. I was like, homie, that ain't me. Like, that's somebody like, hey, 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 easy there, easy there. 
You're just taking pictures of strangers, man. It was funny. Oh my god. What what is that relationship like now? And like how does football play a role, right? Because obviously now the stakes are higher than ever. Like you're Mm -hmm. playing college ball, but how 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 does I mean how does football enhance, I guess, that relationship that you Mm -hmm. have with your dad now? Um, in a lot of ways, me and my dad are very alike. So I found that out through football. We're both very competitive people, pretty hardworking people. Um, through football, what was I going to say? There's something that popped in my head that just shined. I was like, all right, that's – ask me a question one more time. Ask me one more time because it will come back. All right, I'll, I'll ask you so how, how does football now today – so you went through all that growing up. There you go. I got today, it. I got it. it. All right, I'm ready. It has shown me that my dad believes in me more than anybody on this earth, right? And I didn't understand that when I was younger. Um, it came across as tough love. It came across as maybe sometimes abuse. But what I now understand that I didn't know back then was that my dad wanted me to have what he didn't have so bad that he was willing to possibly ruin our relationship with each other to, to allow me to have that. Um, and I, I was pretty ungrateful as a little kid. You know, I just wanted, I wanted this loving dad, this caring dad. But instead, I got a dad who really, really cared about my future and who really wanted me to, to be a good person, a good, obviously a good player. Um, and so now that I can look back at that, I see that um, my dad believes in me more than anybody. And if you talk to my dad, you know, he's sometimes he can be a little, little proud of his kids and he can, he can, you know, flex his kids a little bit, but you know, that's, that's all him just being willing to, to push us as hard as he did to, to get where we're at. I think that's, um, you know, it's interesting like talking about like looking back and how, how things change and how you view things. I think it's really easy for a lot of people like to kind of blur those lines, right? Like of like, mm-hmm what did your dad want to live like vicariously through you because he never had it. And then like, what did, I mean, a lot of times, right. It's like, you just said things kind of changed. Like you finally told it. Right. And I think it's really easy when you're a kid to just like say what you think the answer they want it to be is like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure your dad probably asked you like, are you having fun? And you probably thought like, Oh, like I'm supposed to say yes. Cause you know, we're spending all this time doing this. I can't say no. And so I think, you know, having, having that, right. Like it's, you could say whatever you want about your dad, but it's like the fact that he actually listened when you finally did say Mm it, I think it says, says a lot of like, Oh, okay, like maybe I do need to step back and reevaluate. And that, and that can be kind of scary, especially like as a teenager, right? Like, if, and maybe like going to a camp mm-hmm. where it's like, I know there's things now more now of like what you can pay for and what schools can pay for whatever, but it's like, you know, if you guys just like drove down to a camp somewhere and like dropped a bunch of money on going to the camp, yep. whatever, it's hard to just be like, I didn't really want to do that, but you made me to. And even though you yeah. just spent like two grand doing this or whatever, that's a mm-hmm. tough position to be in. But that, hey, that's, that's, definitely been a blessing my dad would do anything for his kids would do anything for us to get us out there and get us competing like growing up we did not have a lot of money no it was it was kind of tough but uh, my dad still found ways to have us playing on AAU basketball teams and and finding ways to to go on these seven on seven tournaments and whatnot so then you brought up something interesting you brought up um, having my dad live vicariously through me and that's something that I had a problem with that that for a while, I was like, man, like this guy just wants to live through me and Spence, right? Like he just wants to, to to have what he couldn't have through us. But the more I look back at it, the more I thought about it, like right now, if my dad wanted to live vicariously through me, it's all him. He can go right ahead. He's earned that. 
he's definitely earned that to to live through his kids and to um to enjoy his life through us so yeah um, I think- me and talk about that all the time well you said something at the beginning right like i mean now i am a dad uh but it's, so it's a little mm-hmm. different like being a little bit older and looking back but it's like no like i remember being pushed like it wasn't football for me it was school like my dad i remember when i i got a i got a, a my first like seventh grade i think is when you start getting gpas right so i had a 3.95 gpa i had one a minus and i was super proud of myself right and so i went and i took it home my dad's like well yeah. it's not a four oh I was like, oh, damn, like, come on, yeah. dude. I got like, look at this. Yeah. this is incredible. And, and so he just kept pushing me. And yeah. so that, that was kind of the expectation. And at the time it was like, this is crazy town. Like what, what's going on? Like praise me because I did really well. But yeah. looking back, it was like, no, like he just saw what I could be. Right. And so it always yeah. felt like he wanted to go and brag about his friends, how his kid got 4.0s. But mm-hmm. in reality, it was like, no, he knew his kid could get 4.0s. Yeah. And he didn't want me to grow up and one day look back and be like, whoa, I didn't live up to what I could have been, right? Yeah. And, and, they don't want that. That. and, and that's yeah. that's it, right? And now I look at my kids and it's like, it's the same thing. Like my kid, my daughter is like eight years old. She turns eight tomorrow, actually. Happy birthday yeah. to my daughter. Hey, she's my birthday, my birthday week twin. <laughs> there we go. She's excited, getting baptized, had her big, you know, interview Let's with the bishop and all that. So pretty nice. cool stuff. And... uh no, like, the, dude, the girl's just so smart. And, and like, yeah. I push her to the point where she does. She kind of, like, has breakdowns. And it's I have to, like, reset myself of, like, I can't just push and, like, not have that give and take. But it has yeah. nothing to do with, like, being mad or anything like that. It's just, like, wow, like, she could really take over the world yeah. one day. And yeah. I want her to look back and be like, wow, what what I, what I could I have done to be better? Yeah. And be like, yeah, I, I didn't try. Like, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. My dad talks about that all the time too, man. Like, well, that's what it is, right? Like, it's just. I think uh, a lot of it was was mixed with how he was raised. How he was raised too. Samoa, obviously, it's a lot different than it is in the United States. Um, but uh, that mixed with him seeing, like you, like you just said, seeing how great his kids be, and him feeling like as a father, it's his job, yeah, and it's his duty to make sure his kids live up to their potential. Like, yeah, I'm. In the moment, again, in the moment, I hated it. I was not for it. But now that I'm through it, I look back at it. Man, I was blessed with such a great dad. I think there's probably something to that where it's like, if as a parent, obviously you want to have a good relationship with your kids, but if there's not at least like a couple things that your kids hate in the moment, but then look back and are grateful for it, then you probably miss the mark on some things, right? Like, because at some point you got to learn, like to be successful, you have to learn to like grind through the stuff that you don't want to do. Like you just have to yep. understand like, yeah. right, like conditioning, like yes. that's, that's right. Like yes. running sprints and lifting and going through like two days in fall, all that mm-hmm. crap is what you have to slog through to be able to perform on Saturday, right? When the season yep. starts. And that's kind of like everything in life, right? Like it's no matter what job you have, there's crap you got to do. Like nobody likes doing the dishes. Nobody likes doing their laundry, right? But that's just like crap you have to do is like part of life. And so I think there's something to that of it's like, there's got to be a couple things that you hated at the time, but looking back, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm actually grateful for that now. Yeah, okay. no, totally. My dad, my dad definitely put that in our minds at a young age. Um, I remember funny story. I remember I was, I was eating, I was in the middle of eating my dinner. Right. I'm like halfway through eating my dinner. My dad gets home from work. He's like, all right, put down your fork. We're going to go run. I was like, bro, you're not gonna let me just finish my plate. Like, <laughs> anyway, I look back at it now. And one thing my dad taught me was, you no. Know, 
you're doing something, but what, when you think you're doing something, somebody else is probably doing the exact same thing, right? And so if you want to separate yourself and you want to be different, you got to do more because everybody has talent. Everybody's working hard, but who's going to separate themselves and do something a little extra? So, yeah, I don't know if that's off topic, but. Yeah. No, that's, it, it is. It's, it's crazy. And it, it and so bringing it kind of back, right? Like it's football that like brings that back. And it's just so cool uh, what football means for so many different people. Like it's so crazy to think about it. Uh, my my grandpa made me a BYU fan. And then when I think of BYU football, that's what I think about. Like he dragged me. He lived in, in Lewiston, Utah, like north of Logan. And he would drive down and check me out of school and drag me down to Lavelle Edwards Stadium every week. There was a game. And that was like my relationship with him. And he, he died yeah. five years ago this week. And I, I still think like BYU football and, and grandpa, like football just means so many different things to so many different people that have nothing to do with the game on the field. You know, it's just yep. so crazy. And uh, the reason I think I wanted to talk about this this week on the show and, and over the next few weeks on our newsletter is it seems like interest is is kind of dwindling in football like fewer kids are playing football it's getting harder for you know people to like you know reconcile the the health risks and all that other stuff and i don't know why mm-hmm. that's all happening but i i just man like football is so much more than just a game if it was just the game i, I i'm on board like who cares right it's just a game but yeah. all those other things the relationships and the lessons and the whatever else man like I don't know how you can go through life without football. It just feels crazy. Yep. I don't know how I could do it. I thought about it constantly, right? I just – football is literally life simulated. You it really is. think – like there's – in the real world, there's things you're not going to want to do. Like Gary said earlier, <laughs> two-a-days suck. You're not going to want to do two-a-days. Um, you're not going to want to squat some days. You're not going to want to bench some days. But you still got to show up, right? And as a football player, you got to show up for your team. You got to show up for your teammates. And I guess in the real world, you got to show up for your family, right? So it, there's a lot of uh, superlatives. Is that, the, is that the right word? Superlatives? Superlatives. Yeah, there you go. Um, that go back and forth between life and football. So um, No, it's true. Yeah. And, and here's my advice. You know, as, as Garrett and I are like your resident big brothers here, you know, give them mm-hmm. hell, bring them. You just yeah. got to get that knee right. Keep working in football. So mm-hmm. that you don't ever have to go to the real world because like yeah. not showing up like that football stuff that you don't want to do sometimes, <laughs> like it sucks, but I can tell you work at a desk job sucks way yeah. more. It's, it's yeah. sucks way more. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I guarantee, I guarantee it probably does. <laughs> It'd be a lot more fun to be going out and, and playing football, lifting weights, but. Oh, yeah. man. This has been fun. Gary, this has been, this been a, lot been a fun. good episode. It has been a great episode. Uh, so again, you can find Logan on, if you're on Twitter, it's just at Logan Fano, same on Instagram, I think. Right. And uh, so it, it's nice when you, you know, Fano is not a common last yep. name. And yes, so sir. there's, and you're, I think you're probably the only Logan Fano in the world. <laughs> yeah. um, so you got that name on lockdown. Um, so thanks again for joining us. And uh, we will be back hopefully next week, if not the, the yep. week after. I don't know, are, are you working with any other camps this summer? Or is this the last week that you have? Or kind of what's this the, the last week? The last BYU camp. This is the last week for BYU camp. And then just through the summer, I'll be doing the uh, protect trenches, hand work, D-line work, linebacker work. So that's kind of what I posted on Twitter the other day was hoping to – 
get it going down here in South County. But for now, we're doing it up in Salt Lake and in uh, the Lehigh area. So, okay. So, if you have a young buck who needs some training, you can reach out to Logan and yes. uh, you can reach out to Logan and oh. he will help coach him up. And then, oh, hold help- on, Gary. Let me, let me rephrase this because. All of you who have sent your young bucks to BYU's camp, mm-hmm. we heard from Logan at the very beginning, they all need training. This it, is true. It's very hey. clear they need more training. We all need training, man. We all need some work. Um, so how is every – and then everything – I guess what's the team schedule? Like obviously camp starts like like July 30th or August 1st, yep. whatever day it is. So you guys are going through just play run practices right now. Obviously, yep. you I guess kind of where you're in rehab mode. Like, do you just yeah. kind of go hang out on the sidelines or like you stop by or is that like you go yeah. in the weight room during that time or kind of how are things going on that front? For me, it's definitely a lot different than it was in the winter and the spring where I was doing literally everything with the team right now. I'm just detached in the therapy room, just right across the hall, working on the, the knee. So um, the boys, the team, they're uh, right now, PRPs, program practices, early morning workouts. Um I think July 4th, there's a break around July 4th and then get into, get into fall camp after that. Nice. So who on the defensive line is going to surprise people more than anybody else this year? All right. Y'all, everybody already knows about Tyler, Tyler Batty. Tyler's a monster. You know what? Two names that came to mind were Gabe Summers slippery man he, he he man if y'all could see him during spring ball my man is he's good he's good i'm telling is you gabe is it gabe that's chaz's cousin yep okay yep gabe kaden haas and josh larson those three guys I thought, I thought you were gonna say logan fauna those three and start playing again in uh, november because you're healthy oh yeah <laughs> By the way, Logan's going to be back. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. So with with Caden and John, it's obviously just those dudes are strong as oxen. Like they just, they move people. Caden's squatty, right? Like like he's just, he's a box. Like he's tough to move. He just holds his ground. He's strong. There's there's that. But once again, shout out Protect Trenches, the handwork guy that I work with, Anton Palapoy. If y'all want to get better at D-line, work with him. Caden, he would start coming to Protect and working with him. And then spring ball, he was doing all these moves and like he, Kaden can move, man. Like he's really, he's obviously a really thick guy, really strong dude, but he he can move. He can move. Is that a Anton Paolo? Is he he played in the NFL? Does he play like UNLV or San Diego State or something? Yep. He played yep. in Mountain West School, but it wasn't anyway. Yep. Played at UNLV, top pick in the second round, then played in the league for a couple of years. Nice. So that's good. Go. So it's not yeah. just if you're at the pro tech, it's, it's not just Logan coached them up. It's you got, you have someone who actually knows what they're doing. Yeah. You actually, Hey, yeah. Not just, Hey, it's not just me. All right. You have a guy that's actually been there, actually done it and knows what he's talking about and has all these guys in the league right now that, that he's worked with and he's trained. Like I hate to shout out Utah guys, but Devin Lloyd is one of the guys that he's worked with. Um, you, you can give Porter respect where it's due. They, they crank the linemen up there in the front seven so it's been a good week uh we'll talk to you next week until then give them hell man yeah give them hell good to see you guys good to see you